You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the word to life. Rob West of Faith and Finance Live is joining us. You can tune into the program every single weekday afternoon, 4 p.m., right here on Moody Radio, Indiana. No matter where you are, we know that we can turn to Rob for great financial advice. And you know what? Financial advice that is rooted in God's Word. Good morning to you, Rob. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Great to be with you. You know, I'm very, very excited about this. You, know, We received some information a couple of weeks ago uh, that after the new year, you know, there was a, a new emphasis for your program uh, regarding its name and transitioning over to faith and finance. And, it, you know, when I first read that, I was like, how brilliant of a move, because truly we have got to take and walk by faith. And one of the things that challenges us so much in our walk and really impedes us when it comes to faith is finance. Sometimes when we feel that there's some lack over here, we really become despondent and it affects our walk with Jesus. But all the resource that we are given comes from him. Let's begin right there with why the importance of faith being married to our finances. Yeah, well, you make such a great point, and we are excited about the new name. So MoneyWise Live is now Faith and Finance Live as of January the 2nd, and I'm doing a pretty good job of actually using the new name. I was I was worried about that. But, you know, it does strengthen the way we express the Christian worldview of faith and finances. You know, if our primary goal as believers is to be used by God as faithful stewards to advance his kingdom, then our legacy is more than simply being wise with money. And so it's an opportunity to really articulate that more clearly. And, you know, it does all begin with our faith, because when we recognize God owns it all and we're stewards or managers of his resources, then the goal of the manager is to understand the heart of the master so that he or she can reflect the master's wishes as they manage the master's money. Well, that's what we do every day. And so it should start with our deeply held values and priorities. What is God doing in our life? How can our faith journey be expressed through our financial decisions? Because here's the reality. The way we handle money is one of the clearest indicators into what we value and where we've placed our trust and you know what we're God is doing in our lives. It's an indicator into what's going on in our lives spiritually. So we think this really does reflect that more clearly. Well, you know, one of the, the things that we've got to realize is that, you know, at the start of a new year, A lot of people come up with all sorts of resolutions, right? We want to change something about the former year that maybe we didn't like. And maybe that's, uh, we were talking with Trillia Newbell earlier today about 52 weeks in the Word and how, you know, a lot of people say, I'm going to read the Bible cover to cover. And then they kind of get along in that journey and somewhere along the way they flame out. Much like we do with our finances, we're going to stick to a new budget, right? Whatever this might be, we want to take the pain of the previous year and try and put a Band-Aid on it somehow. But these are are things that we do to try and make ourselves feel a little bit better, but we want to honor God now, especially with our money. Are there specific things that we should be doing 
when it comes to the new year with our finances? You got any kind of those top 10 things or the best best practices? What do you got? (laughs) Yeah, everybody loves a good top 10 list. So I put one together that I call the top 10 financial moves for 2023. And really, it's a blend of, you know, uh, growing in our knowledge and understanding of biblical money management, but also some very practical ideas as well. So let me, uh, let me throw a few at you here. We'll move through the list quickly. Number one, let's grow in our understanding of biblical money management. You know, we may have graduated and left home with some financial literacy skills, hopefully, but so often we weren't taught how to manage money God's way. What does the counsel of scripture say about managing money? All the ideas that we were just sharing a moment ago. Well, this could be the year that you grow in your understanding of all that. I'll throw out three reads for you. A light read, Your Money Counts by Howard Dayton. It's a great one. A new read, Redeeming Money by Paul David Tripp. He's not known as a money author. He writes on parenting and Christian living. Well, he came out with his first money book, and it's phenomenal. Again, it's called Redeeming Money. Or an in-depth read. You know, this book, other than God's Word, was the one that shaped my view of finances most significantly, and it's Randy Alcorn's Money, Possessions, and Eternity. So perhaps pick up one of those and grow in your understanding of biblical money management. Here's number two, begin a gratitude journal. Now, what is that? Well, what if you began or ended every day by just jotting down two or three things you're grateful for? And you recognize and reflect on the fact that we already have an abundance before even the first dollar comes in. I guarantee you, if you start this practice, it will change your perspective on money and really, I think, uh, change how you handle it as well. Uh, One more. uh, How about strengthening your financial foundation this year? I'll give you two practical suggestions. There, number one, automate your savings to your emergency fund. So I recommend you have three to six months expenses set aside in a savings account, probably an online savings account where you're going to get a little bit of interest and no fees linked to your checking account. Well, if you're not quite at three to six months expenses, what about automating something going right into that account, $25, $50, a month? You don't even have to think about it. And over time, you'll be at your goal. And then number two, this is one that I hear from so many folks on during the program. Make sure your spouse has the details on your financial information and trusted advisors, how to access accounts, contact information. You know, what happens is so often one of us is more inclined to be detail-oriented. So we become the bookkeeper of the, the couple. And then the other one doesn't know where to find things. And if the Lord were to call us home, we want to make sure that your spouse is fully equipped to make all the decisions and access all the information. Well, perhaps this is the year where you put all of that in one place so it's easily accessible. Those are some really, really good tips, especially about the automation. You know, that's one of the ways that uh, I handle mine, actually. This, my church tithe is, is of course, yeah. automated. You know, there are things that you just set up and you, you kind of, if we watch things too closely then we can get nervous about things, right? It's the same as when you put money in the stock market. If you look at it every single day, of course, there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs, there's causes for anxiety. But if you want to invest for the long term, you rest in the fact that it's going to be there for the long term. We have to kind of be proactive to set ourselves up for success. And one of those ways to do that is automated movements with your money. Great ideas there. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. I think when we automate, it really does help uh, take the uh, the task away, and it just makes it happen in the background, which is so helpful. All right, here's number four. Check your life insurance. I know this isn't terribly exciting, but here's the reality. One in four adults here in the U.S. don't have life insurance, and this is a way we can provide for our loved ones not only in life, but after death as well. So a quick rule of thumb here, have 10 to 12 times your income during your working years in life insurance with your spouse or uh, as your beneficiary. Uh, Term insurance is the way to make sure you can get the the least expensive life insurance and get enough coverage. Again, 10 to 12 times is the goal. Uh, Number five, begin a money date each month with your spouse. Now, what is that? Well, this is a time to review your spending plan, update your goals, make course corrections. It's not a time for finger pointing. Um, My friend Shanti Feldhahn, the Harvard researcher who wrote the book Thriving in Love and Money, she said 70% of couples have conflict over money. And there's really two big ideas that helped overcome that. Number one is margin. It wasn't a matter of their income level. It was the fact that they were living below it, whatever it was, and there was margin. That was the key to being able to overcome conflict. But then second, you won't be surprised communication. And so during this monthly money date, this is a time to communicate about money so you all can be on the same page. So that's number five. I'll give you quickly number six. It's recommit to your spending plan. Uh, You mentioned it. uh, This is a great time of year to get started with your spending plan as we start fresh. Well, the FaithFi app, that's FaithFi, that uh, our team built over a couple of years with some world-class developers, takes the tried-and-true envelope system and it puts it in the palm of your hand in a beautiful, simple, digital interface. Uh, you download it in your app store. Just search for FaithFi or go to our brand new website, faithfi.com. That's faithfi.com, and you can get started today. All right. Well, we're going to pause the list, but Rob, we do have a question. This is a question that cool. came in from Cindy yeah. in Carmel. Here is, oh no, I'm sorry. Wait a second. I got to jump through the list here. Uh, sorry. This is from Marcy in Moreland. She is asking this. She said, Hey, I have a question about my daughter and her fiance. They are getting married this summer and then they have plans to move to Colorado. They plan to live there for about two to three years as they start their, uh, uh, journey into their careers and start family, and when then they plan to come back, but they want to live in Colorado for a period of time. Well, then that brings up the question about rent versus own, right? She yeah. says renting apartments there is that there are plenty, but they're about you know eighteen hundred, two thousand dollars a month, very very high. But as are housing prices right now. Yeah. So the question is, what is the what are the things that we need to consider when looking at rent versus buying? And then, of course, would you rather that see somebody spend, say, over three years, fifty thousand dollars in rent, or is that more? Um, is it wiser to put that into a home where you can yeah. potentially build some equity? 
Yeah, exactly. Well, I think the key here is the time frame. So given the fact that they know they're probably only going to be there two to three years, that unfortunately is going to push you more toward the rent column. And I realize rent prices right now uh, are high, along with housing prices. We've seen a softening in the housing market. Hopefully, as the you know we head into this new year with the prospect of a recession, maybe they can try to work to negotiate that rental price down a little bit. Uh, the challenge is when you look at what we're expecting with the housing market, which is a contraction of probably 5% or maybe a little bit more this year. If we were to hit into a deeper recession, it could be more than that. On top of the cost of the buying and the selling, because we've got transaction fees, we've got realtor fees, uh, you know, the taxes and, you know, the other things that come with buying and selling a property. Um, given that, I probably would not make a purchase just because you may find yourself actually losing money on the sale if, in fact, we're talking a two-year time horizon, you know, and that's just with the decline of the prices of homes, not to mention all of the expenses on top of that. So as much as I'd like for them to be homeowners, I think the time horizon here would warrant uh, renting. We continue on in our conversation with Rob West. You know him, you love him. He's the host of Faith and Finance Live. You hear it right here at 4 o'clock every single weekday afternoon right here on Moody Radio Indiana. Rob, uh, I'm going to recap very quickly. The You said these top 10 financial moves for 2023, right? We want to yeah. first seek understanding God's wisdom of how it applies to our finances. You said that we can start a gratitude journal, right? Because having that positive attitude in all aspects of our life will bleed over into our financial life. One of your recommendations, automate your savings for that three to six month uh, security blanket that we all need and should have. And that's a simple way to do that. That can come at very low impact to us. Um, but then also protection, sharing the information about your finances with your spouse. I've heard this time and time again. Yes, where people, uh, one person is called home and then the other doesn't even know how, where are the accounts, what bills do we even even pay. So often those are the types of uh, challenges that families find themselves in uh, when there is someone who does control the finances that has been removed uh, from our life. You also said check up on our insurance, uh, term and whole life insurance. Uh, you've got to speak with somebody knowledgeable about those products so that you know which one is right for your application, where you are in your life, and then recommitting to your spending plan uh, to be sure that what we've committed to, we're going to actually stick to, uh, because that is really the lion's share of our success when it comes to managing our money, because all too often, you know, regardless of what it is, we live above our means sometimes. And you, you recommended uh, Shanti Feldham's book and the wisdom that comes in there. Where does that leave us on our list and where are we going to next? <laughs> yeah, number seven is review your investment plan. So, you know, 2022 was really challenging from an investment standpoint. Well, stick, take a moment to just reflect on how did you react to the market volatility? Did it cause you anxiety? Did you lose sleep at night? Did it cause you to rush to cash and pull out of the market, which is really the opposite of what we need to be doing when we have a long-term investment strategy? We should expect these bumps in the road and just recognize we'll get through 
through it and the market will recover when we try to time our entry and exit points. It just doesn't work in our favor. So does that lead you to the fact that maybe you were too aggressive and you need to make some changes once the portfolio recovers? Is it time to hire an investment professional? Um, was your investment plan appropriate for your age, risk tolerance, and goals? Uh, did you move toward a get-rich-quick mentality, trying to make up for maybe some lost ground, which the Bible discourages. So just review your investment plan and recommit to a disciplined approach and a long-term approach to your investments. And then number eight, well, I'm sorry, were you going to say something, Steve? Well, I was going to say that when it comes to that, uh, you know, understanding what our investments look like and our strategies, Dependent upon the stage that we are in in life, we should also have different goals, right? As we're younger, we can be more aggressive because we have a, a much longer runway where if we do suffer loss, we can always, you know, go back. We, we have time to make those things up. But as we age up and we go through family life and then when we've got kids who move out, and then we're looking toward, you know, the sunset years, we need to be more conservative. Can you speak a little bit about some of the wisdom as to how we should manage finances and how that's, we can't just take one strategy that works when we're 26 and think that it's going to serve our best interest when we're 62. No, that's exactly right. And so our investments should get more conservative over time, especially as we approach retirement. But I don't think we should ever be in a place, uh, if we have investable assets, where we eliminate stocks altogether. You know, a good rule of thumb is it's the rule of 100. So you take 100 minus your age, and that's how much you should have in stocks, the equity portion. So let's just run that scenario. You're age 60, you take 100 minus your age, so you should have probably 40% still in stocks and maybe 60% in more fixed income type investments like bonds. That's going to smooth out these kind of ebbs and flows, the volatility of the stock market. Still going to give you a growth component, but it's not going to be as volatile. And that's just part of getting more conservative over time. But keep in mind, once you reach retirement age, let's say it's 65, uh, you know, if the Lord tarries and you're in good health, you still have a decades-long need on average for this money. So this money still needs to be growing and working for you, even if you're pulling out an income from it, especially in light of inflation, because uh, we're losing purchasing power on that money every month unless we're growing it. And and that is something that we've all got to consider because we have to be aware of that because we do, you know, although it it seems as though we feel like we're just as young as we were when we started investing when we're in yeah. our later years, it's not true. Time has passed. And so That's right. we've got to be aware of that. And so I, I appreciate you you stating that, you know, about the stages of where we are and that awareness of reviewing our investment strategy. All right. Where do we go from there, Rob? Yeah, number eight is commit to a debt repayment plan here in the new year. A couple of suggestions there uh, with regard to credit card debt. Uh, with these uh, interest rates rising as the Fed raises rates, credit card interest rates are rising along with it, which is making this more and more challenging in terms of carrying debt. So let's dump debt this year. If you have under 4000 in credit card debt, uh, pay it off with the snowball method where you line up the bills, smallest to largest balance, uh, pay the minimums on 
all of them, but whatever margin you can carve out from your budget, let's attack the smallest balance with all of that margin first. So let's say that's $500 and you free up 100 a month. Well, five months later, that one's gone. We rip it up and celebrate, and then we move on to the next one and the next one right down the line. Uh, studies show that that psychological win of actually eliminating that card quickly is going to give you the motivation to keep moving right down the line. It's called the snowball method. If you have more than 4000 in credit card debt, contact my friends at christiancreditcounselors.org. They'll get your interest rates down. They won't replace it with new debt. It'll stay right where it is, but at a lower interest rate. And the combination of that lower rate plus a fixed monthly payment through Christian Credit Counselors will let you pay that debt off 80% faster on average. Hundreds and hundreds of our faith and finance listeners use Christian Credit Counselors, and it's been phenomenal. That's great. Well, that kind of brings us to the place where we have, what, one more left, right? Uh, actually, two, nine two. and ten. Yeah, nine I'll and do ten. Them quickly. So nine is review your 2023 giving plan. Uh, consider asking yourself this year, how much should I keep rather than how much should I give? That might change things. And then also think about what I call a progressive giving target. What if you were to increase your systematic giving 1% each year? So maybe last year you were tithing 10% off your uh, income. Uh, what if you bump that up to 11% this year and 12 next year? and just see what God does as you continue to move that higher. I think you'll be encouraged. And then number 10, and this is real simple, but it's so important, review your credit report. I would do it at least quarterly. Annualcreditreport.com is where you can pull all three credit reports from Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax. won't cost you a penny, and you might find some inaccurate information. You may even find your identity was stolen, and there's accounts on there that aren't yours. It's important to stay on top of that annualcreditreport.com. Those are all outstanding uh, tips. Those your top 10 financial moves of 2023. And Rob, do you have those published uh, over at Faith and Finance? You know, we don't actually, but I'll send you a list, and uh, if you guys want to make that available, you're welcome to. That would be great. We'll go ahead and put that together, and then we can make that available to everybody, and they can text in and get that list if they want to have that as a reference. You know, um, Rob, we started out because ultimately it's the new year. People are putting their emphasis on getting their life in order. Finance plays a major role in that, and as we tune in every single week, weekday at four o'clock for great biblical wisdom around our finances. I want to encourage folks to be sure to be here at four o'clock with Rob West for Faith and Finance Live, because ultimately we want to honor God with what he has given to us. There is so many times that money is mentioned. It is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is it the most frequently used word? Uh, nearly, yeah, twenty six hundred references, half the parables. Uh, so addressed more than heaven and hell combined. It's uh, you know just uh, except for love, it's the most talked about topic in the Bible. Yeah, and the enemy knows which ones to use against us, and finances are absolutely uh, the place where the enemy can attack and cause us to have all sorts of discomfort. So we have to be proactive, and that is what God is asking of us. So one of the ways to be proactive. Tune in every single weekday afternoon right here for Faith and Finance Live at 4 o'clock with Rob West. Rob, thank you so much. Happy New Year to you. And, uh, of course, to all of the folks who are responsible for bringing us Faith and Finance, uh, our blessings upon you guys in the new year with the, uh, the direction of the show. 
Thanks so much. It was great to be with you. And check out the new website, faithfi.com. There's lots of great information there. God bless you. You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio. From the word to life.